Vancouver Island, a land full of rich, diverse cultures where you will find hippies and rednecks at the same local brew pub, blue collar and white collar camping side by side at the lakes, and old and young and everyone in between with one thing in common, we love our island. Adventure Smart is a national program dedicated to encouraging Canadians and visitors to Canada to get informed and get outdoors. If that doesn't sound like a slogan that you want to listen to, I don't know what is. Today we are joined by Sandra Riches, the Executive Director of the BC Chapter of Adventure Smart, where she's going to share her story and how she came into this crucial role in the province of British Columbia. Now, I always find it funny how you can have an organization that's been around for so, so long, and yet it takes nearly a lifetime to be able to find it. And that's no fault of today's guest because she has done an absolutely fabulous job of putting it together. It's probably just me for not really researching. But today we are joined with Sandra Riches, who is the executive director of BC Adventure Smart. And, and is it more like national as well? Is that, is that the title? The program is provincial and my main role is here in BC, but I do lots of work with the national program as well. That's fantastic. And I, I mean, honestly, the first time that I ever heard of it was my kids came back from school and they said, Dad, we learned how to hug a tree today. And it was amazing. And they had these pamphlets and stuff that they had in this bag. And I think there was, oh, there was a foil blanket inside and they were so, so excited. And so I said, oh, tell me about what you did. And they were like, oh, they told us to stay in one place. And, you know, we needed to do this to stay safe. And so I was reading through all this stuff. And I was like, somebody out there is really thinking this stuff through. And it's an incredible resource to have. And it's in our school. And I thought, how cool is that? That is so fantastic. So you've been with the program uh, from when I was reading from its inception, which is absolutely fabulous. So what was that like kind of putting that first steps together for a program like that's grown nationally like it has? Yeah, it's so exciting. And, and it, you know, just to go back to your story is really heartwarming because that's exactly why we created the program for your kids to learn that in school, come home and share that with their parents, have a mm. conversation, see what's out there for the kids but also for the adults. We're, we're mainly rescuing and search and rescue adults, not so much children. But if we can create this, this, um, this knowledge and this culture of outdoor safety mm. from when they're little like yours to when they're young adults like mine, that they yeah, grow totally. up with this is the key. That's the key. So I was really fortunate to come across the program in, in um, early, early 2005, and it had just kicked off in late 2004. Uh, and it was all created by the BC Search and Rescue Association which is an organization that um, supports the 79 SAR groups in BC that currently consist of 3,000 volunteers. They respond to about 1,900 search and rescue calls a year just in British Columbia. Wow, that's so incredible. It's a busy time. It's a busy time in BC. And so if you go back to 2004, early 2005, when I joined, there was only about 900 search and rescue calls in the province. No way. Yeah, there's so much involved in that equation, though, right? Sure. Just so much. And we can talk about that as well. But in the early years, um, just as it is now, just in a different way, exciting times, uh, a group of passionate people, um, the province of British Columbia through the Emergency Management Program. In that time, it was the provincial emergency program known as PEP. Worked closely with the BC Search and Rescue Association and industry specialists and subject matter experts and SAR volunteers and educators to create 
at that time, the very early stages of Adventure Smart in BC, which was literally the first program we brought in was the Hug a Tree and Survive program. So your story was a great story, was a great segue to to how we started actually. And and it's grown, grown so much since then. Well, it's so neat to have it in in such a design that it's going to be a foundational thing, right? Because again, having that as a parent going, oh, that's exactly what we need to be doing. Because I mean, we can continue to talk to adults till we're blue in the face, but you know, we get really set in our ways after a time, you know, <laughs> we? we get pretty stubborn and going, no, 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 I can figure this out on my, <laughs> my own. But if we can, you know, be doing that and it's, it's so cool to have that as a, as a cultural thing, right? Like kind of right from the beginning, like how do we teach kids? How do we teach families and to use these resources and stuff? And so, I mean, that naturally brought me to like, you guys have this app that's absolutely fantastic that you started to put together but I mean it's such a journey I'm sure for like how it all kind of started shaping it so what were some of the factors that went into you know shaping it to because looking at it from now finding it when I did I was like this is a well-oiled machine but I'm sure you know along the way there's a bunch of things that you get to learn so what all kind of went into the design of the program and I like that that description as well. Uh, that's how I feel it is now. <laughs> uh, it feels like it's a well-oiled machine now with still so many gears to go up to, right? Mm. Just, I just came back from a bike ride. Maybe that's an analogy still in my brain as well. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a unique situation now as it was a unique situation then. And mm. so much growth between support, in-kind, financial, different backings from industry, collaborations with affiliates, some are official partners, some are just collaborative uh, affiliations and organizations and industry uh, groups and outdoor recreation. So we've kind of folded in and out of many over these 18 years and and realized which ones we could really gravitate to more and vice vice versa. They came to us as they learned more about us over the years and, and could see where what we had was adaptable and could really blend in well and add value. To their system and when I say system that could be school-age kids programs it could be summer camps it could be working with uh, the likes of Avalanche Canada and tourism um, guides paddling professionals backcountry enthusiasts teachers mm. so there's so many that that list goes on and on and on um, SAR volunteers government affiliate like I, I can continue but you can see how many avenues we have to do what we do in. And Mm -hmm. as we go down each one and open these doors, more people learn about us and then that spreads as well. So it's this massive trickle effect that, you know, we drop this little pebble in the, in the, in the lake and it just starts to ripple out. And that's what I'm feeling now, 18 years later, uh, (laughs) are those, are those ripples and which ones we've massaged, which ones we've let fade away. Um, Mm. and, and all really, very strategic though, very strategic. Um, in the early years, the idea was to be in the school system, to be in that place where the kids could grow up with the message. So if they learned it young, like yours and mine did in mm. elementary possibly, then hopefully they heard us again in secondary school with one of our um, more adult version programs. Mm. Maybe they saw us at a ski hill, maybe they saw us at a trailhead. Maybe now they're watching us as a young adult on our webinars, coming to a special event. Maybe they're a volunteer with us now. So Mm. by that time, let's say 25-ish, just for that lifespan, um, they've seen us, they've been educated by us, they have been involved in our world, and hopefully that language that they speak (laughs) is adventure smart 
consistent messaging that they've learned that they're now applying and what we've created is habits in them. Ideally, that's the ideal model. Totally. Totally. And it's, it's so proactive in that way of, of creating, like, like you're saying, you're going 1900 calls. So like what on, what, you know, you're going to do everything in your power, especially within the search and rescue. Like we've had Paul Barry on the show, which is like kind of how we had connected a little bit and, and just doing everything that we possibly can within the demographics that we're working with to be able to create that awareness, to create those tools and those resources. So I guess I'd love for you to kind of unpack kind of the, the, the mission, the, the, the bit of what AdventureSmart does to being able to be that application tool for going out on whatever type of adventure people want to go on. The whole focus around the creation of it initially, and I'd say it still is now, but we're definitely... Um, expanding what we do in many facets. And so, you know, obviously our end goal is to help reduce the number and severity of search and rescue calls. No Mm. question. At 900 calls in 2004 to 1,900 calls now in 2022, again, so many factors. We can talk about Mm. that in a second. But nonetheless, no matter if it was then or now, we'd still want to reduce the number and severity of search and rescue calls. And by how do we do that? We do that by increasing awareness and educating outdoor enthusiasts, by creating best practices that people Mm. apply. We we provide you actionables, if you will, to-do lists, little tasks. We, 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 We give you simple equations to remember to apply these best practices. So we talk about our three T's, the messages that your children learned in the Hug a Tree and Survive program, just the title that was taught to them, that if they got lost and separated from you, what are they to do? hug a tree and survive so that stops them from moving there's some actions that they were taught in that that presentation Uh, keeping warm and dry how to signal for help having a little snack blowing their whistle if if they hear someone coming or if even if not like there's all of these things that we teach people to do uh are are really important and again it creates these habits it's we're trying to instill behavioral change Um, And and so there's a lot in what we do, (laughs) what we want Mm -hmm. you to do as an outdoor enthusiast to prepare, to plan, take these essentials. We sum that up in our three T's message, trip planning, training, and taking the essentials so that you can apply that and reach your destination, which your destination is always home. And by doing all those things, the end result can and hopefully is reducing the number and severity of search and rescue calls. Totally. And, and then creating all of those online resources, I had a chance to be able to check out a few of the, the videos that you all have been putting together. And, you know, when you think of the resources, like, okay, well, what is it we need, you know, and visual aids are huge, right? Like they're absolutely key to anybody who's going to go on any type of adventure. And so then you start to see that, you know, the Wanda Fuca Trail, I'm like, well, I haven't had the privilege of doing the Wanda Fuca Trail, but in, you know, the seven minutes of that beautiful video you guys put together with all of the different steps along the way, you know, just, just that pre-trip kind of heads up, this is what you're getting into is already, you know, curbing that and helping curb that to maybe a few individuals go, that doesn't look like something I'm ready for, you know, and, and that language too. I, I love the universal language. One of the things I, I noticed on your, uh, on your app, I was going through and kind of just reading through all these things. I'm like, how many do you think that I have committed to memory? I was like, man, there's a bunch here that are universal principles that I, you know, three whistle, the three whistle blow was one that stuck out for me. I was like, I didn't even realize that was a universal, you know, I'd probably be just hollering like an idiot running around going, <laughs> doing anything, but then having something that's standardized, 
that creates that language and creates that resource for people, like that's the kind of thing that's just so much more helpful in, in those situations because then your call volume goes down and everything. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well done. So like what, uh, were you a part of making those videos and kind of the design of how that all went out? Yeah, so as the director of the program for BC Adventure Smart, I had a project manager that managed that project, uh, but it was a collective, there's no question. Um, and so, you know, between our funders, which would be the BC Search and Rescue Association, Complements of Emergency Management BC, which is the province, and then our project partners like BC Parks, Avalanche Canada, Metro Vancouver, RCMP North Vancouver, really integral pieces to that um, project that really made it what it is, you know, and, and I was overseeing the whole project as well. Uh, the PM was on the ground hiking and, and I was in one of them, uh, but there were 11 to film. So it was a, it was a well over a year of filming uh, during heat domes, wildfire smoke, wow. uh, floods, emergency disasters in the province, uh, state of emergency. <laughs> Every obstacle that last year brought us. <laughs> it was interesting. Let's just say it that way. And no kidding. Very we, real life, though, you know, in some ways, you know, not not necessarily in the way that it was like one year. But oh, my goodness, what a, what a year to try to pull that all off. Oh, my and goodness. And spectacular, too. Like these are like cinematic events. They're beautifully done and we got a great production team uh, that put them together for us. And so, you know, there's so much that went into that to prep, to, to, to land manager approval, to be in the parks, to fly the drones, to get permits, to get this, to get awarded a lot of that complimentary to, to every single person in those videos, aside from me is a volunteer. We had volunteers mm. that wanted to be in and just support what we do. Uh, those land managers like Metro Vancouver and BC parks and municipal parks, uh, really supported and backed what we did. We already had a relationship with them. This was another means of building on that relationship and mm. really, really working together, literally, and so much back and forth and feedback and editing after all the hiking was done and, and the filming and editing back and forth with those partners and us and making sure every single step was polished. And, and so to finalize the project and wrap it up after editing and, and, press that sign seals and delivered button if you will and then i won't forget the day that we launched them because we launched them over a four-week period um a few a week over four weeks and i remember launching the first one and i'm like okay i don't know i was nervous i was i was oh how could sitting, you not be right i was sitting here <laughs> over my computer like okay it had all been queued up on twitter facebook instagram it was on youtube it was on bc stars you know it was all ready to go it was waiting for sandra's finger to go click and i sat here for a minute thought okay, well, we've had a year. We've looked at everything. There's no going back now. Here we go, public. <laughs> Here we come. And so uh, that was exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time But because we know we wanted and we appreciate and, and encourage feedback and comments mm. and input. Like if someone else was more knowledgeable than us on a section of the trail, like I, I've been inviting feedback the whole way through and some of it's just come organically and mm. it's been great. But I'm super pleased we... we, we Put out a decent product that we're proud of that the bc search and rescue association decided to do and fund you know the board mm. had to decide if they wanted to do this or not they did and and we're all very very proud uh, of the product uh, the end product yeah they're pretty they're pretty nice to watch oh they're absolutely beautiful so the two specifically ones that were made on vancouver island was it just one of Fuca trail and albert edward yes yes 
Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and again, so, so neat. So, I mean, anybody who's listening in uh, after this, if those are two places that you're looking specifically on the island, absolutely great because it just kind of takes you through step by step. It's really, really well thought out, really, really pleasing to watch. And and then has all the links back to the app and everything that you guys have all set up and ready to go, which is was really great. Uh, I think it's fantastic. How has the, um, the I just want to shift to that a little bit for the app. How has that uh, been on the back end, like looking at that? And, and seeing kind of the user, you know, experience grow and everything on that side, has that, has that resource continued to kind of, I don't, I don't know if payoff's the right way of saying it, but has it reached the expectations of what you hoped it would do? Yeah, we're all looking for outcomes, right? I'm, mm. I'm, we're, you know, the province is looking to see, okay, we spent X amount of dollars. We, this is what we'd like the key performance indicators to be. We worked with BC SARA on that. I helped create those. There's a, there's a list of things that we want to get out of this as well. You know, we didn't mm. just have a fun year <laughs> stomping, <laughs> stomping through the mud and, and creating these and, and, and putting them out there just to have them then float off into no man's land. We, mm. we have a very detailed communications plan, short-term, medium plan, long term and long long term so that we can massage them and use them these will be used for a while and, mm-hmm. and I think we created something that will stand a test of some time that they mm-hmm. won't outdate quickly and really give people a chance to watch and learn and, and that's the whole idea is for them to, to watch and learn and some of those key performance indicators would be like you just brought up you know could we say that X amount more people have downloaded the Adventure Smart app and are using the trip plan app that is one indicator that we'll use. That takes time to see what yeah, that would change, right? And, and you know, and that will be easily monitored, no question. We can see in every province and territory, because that app is a national uh, resource and it's monitored mm. nationally. And so we can see who's downloaded it in what province and where we've seen that uptick. Uh, we know in BC that there's more use of that app than anywhere else in the country, which is exciting for us in the province. So with these videos and so much promotion of that in there, um, amongst everything else, our three T's, weather checking, clothing, decision making mm-hmm. points. Um, and we follow all of that up on our socials with the app as well. You know, people hear us consistently um, rephrase sort of the same thing in a, in a roundabout <laughs> way depending on the season and the activity and the sport they're like oh sander here she comes again saying the same thing but hopefully i can switch it up a bit but we'll, we'll watch those apps um app downloads and see how that improves as well with all of this uh, i mean as long as that need is there that's 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 a great message to keep on saying right i mean people who listen into this show too are like yeah, every time like oh here we go on trip planning again okay he's gonna go do the whole thing was <laughs> like well until we have no incidences until we have you know not on my watch and i love that that's you know the same vision that you carry and that as leader you know being a part of that leadership team making sure that that's happening i mean i don't think that we can ever you know continue to go to that enough because it's going to continue to be a need that's so awesome so what, what I wanted to touch on um, and, and kind of go into is I love hearing the why. You've been in this industry and you've been a part of Adventure Smart. You've been in BC Parks. You have this incredible portfolio of, of this story of somebody who not only just loves the outdoors, but the people that are participating in each of the activities that you've been a part of. So uh, what's the drive for you, Sandra? Like, what was it that you really, you know, had that pushed you to where you are today? I, that's a great question, and I I think my time in British Columbia, which has been well over thirty years now. I'm originally from Ontario, 
uh, and came from a town called St. Catharines in southern Ontario. Mm. Uh, and then I moved here with a friend just to work up at Grouse Mountain, of all places. And, and I'll never forget getting here. Did very little to no research, so... That was that was pre-Adventure Smart Sandra. So Sandra did not do her homework at all. She got here. She didn't really know what she was getting into. But what was ironic was when I got here in BC, I felt like I had come home. Mm. And I had never been here. I had never visited. I didn't look it up. I just knew I was going to the other side of the country. And here we go. Took the train, came across. It was great fun. Mm. And just felt like I had come home. And what when I came to this new home, which I'd never been to before... I just felt like a piece of me had been added to my puzzle. And that mm. passion kind of just came out of nowhere to say that sort of, we didn't do any outdoor activities when I was growing up in Ontario. We weren't campers. We weren't hikers. We weren't paddlers. We weren't anything outdoorsy, nothing. Mm. So I got here and realized, oh my goodness, these doors opened. And I just was, I just fell in love, to be honest. I just fell in love mm. with the opportunity to be outside and how much that really meant something to me before I even really knew what it meant for me personally, mm. professionally. Uh, and then I found the program at Capilano College when it was a college. It's a university now. Uh, and I took the outdoor recreation management program, just two years. But I, I, I felt like I had just landed with so many like-minded people mm. that my time in school was such a joy. And I mm. hated school awesome. before. I hated it. <laughs> Couldn't stand it. I was bad grades, didn't succeed, never felt comfortable, was very insecure. And then I found this program and I just, again, another door had opened. So mm. I guess these, these, these insights and passions kind of came to me as I learned a little bit more about what was here, what was opportunity to do and be. And, and then I feel after I got that, college bit under my belt I, I was kind of strategic about what I wanted to do went to BC Parks was a park ranger um, and just have loved really thoroughly every part of my career ever since so you know 30 plus years which is really weird to say uh, has been a mm. joy that's awesome whereabouts in BC Parks were you uh, were you stationed uh, of all places, which are, you know, you would think it would be off in the boonies, but it wasn't. It was in the Lower Mainland. So Cypress okay. Provincial Park, Seymour Provincial Park, um, uh, in the Tsleil-Waututh First Nations area, up Indian Arm, uh, a little bit of work in Golden Ears, Widgeon Creek, Widgeon Slough. Um, so, you know, really close to the city. And mm. yet every day I spent in the backcountry, almost in those early years, you know, working on trails, either on a boat or on a bike, on foot, you know, backpacking, building trails, eat, being eaten by noceums and bugs and, you know, <laughs> did it all. It was great. It was great. Well, it's, it's again, it's that, uh, that testament to the passion, right? You don't just pick these things just because I didn't know what else to do. You know, <laughs> when you're, when you're, I, when I find anyway, if you're talking to somebody who's either a CEO or somebody who's a BC parks operator or somebody who just works at a wilderness camp, it doesn't really matter. They have a passion because they love the place. They love the people. They love the nature. They love everything about it. And you're willing to withstand and, you know, put up with quite a bit at that point because that's just kind of how the outdoor community works you don't have a choice some days right no no it's totally true it's totally true but that's i find that i think that's the kind of the neat defining marker of somebody who truly loves it and and having somebody who's putting together a program like adventure smart who's putting together you know these incredible resources 
I think for me that just helps understand a little bit more like even more why it's designed so well and and it's just so user-friendly and it's so well thought out and proactive so like if I don't say it later very well done you and your team (laughs) are doing a fabulous job and I mean I can't speak enough to any of the especially like in the search and rescue like it's unbelievable the people that will you know I was listening into one of the other podcasts that you had and you were talking about a story about, you know, these Christmas Eve dinners that are abandoned because you're just going to go and be out there, right? And that these are the people that, that put these programs together. These are the people that really do truly care about, you know, their neighbors and about the people that are in their community, whether they know them or not. So if I don't say it, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, that level of volunteerism is, in, in, and it's not dismissing any volunteer. I think anyone who donates their time personal time to anything is it's pretty amazing uh, yeah, to be, to be yeah. a star volunteer is, is is another level of of that volunteer the over every year there's over 430,000 hours of volunteer time dedicated by the 3,000 wow. volunteers it just in bc and that's amazing it you know between training nights and and events and response some star groups are mm. extremely extremely busy um and a lot of the star groups that are the most busy are the ones that mirror up to those 11 trails that we just did the videos on those are the 11 mm. trails with the most star calls those uh, star groups in those regions are some of the busier groups in canada actually mm. Yeah, and they'll leave um, 24-7 free of charge to the subject uh, anytime to help you in need. Uh, and that, that means leaving Christmases, children's birthdays, work, school, uh, whatever they're at. So the support they mm. get, imagine the support they get from their families and from their mm. employers. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So within Adventure Spark right now, uh, what are the programs that you're currently running? Because like we, we, we touched on Hug a Tree and stuff, and there were some other adult programs and stuff. I'd love to you know, elaborate a little bit more on that, of, of what it is that you all are putting together for these resources that are, you know, videos are great, apps are awesome, but what are the other, you know, amazing programs that you guys are putting together? So the outdoor education curriculum, if you want to call it that, or programs, we've got mm. uh, the Hug a Tree and Survive that we talked about that your kids have taken. So that's for kindergarten to grade six. Um, that's super, super fun. And then sort of the adult version of that, if you will, 12 years plus, go right up to 99 if you're still out there at that age, is our right Survive on. Outside program. So the okay. Survive Outside program really focuses on our three T's, which is trip planning, training, and taking the essentials, what to do in an emergency, who to call for help, when to call for help, and what we call the STOP analogy, which is stop, think, observe, and plan. We get into the nitty-gritty. That's my favorite program because it can cover you if you're a mountain biker. It can cover mm. you if you're a backcountry splitboarder, a snowshoer. Uh, so it has really great application. We also have a paddle smart program for non-motorized vessels, so stand-up paddle boards, kayaks, and canoes. Mm-hmm. Again, mainly about three T's, what to do in an emerge, uh, that sort of thing, and some more specifics about being safe on, in, and around uh, different types of water, which we have easy access to in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. We have some pretty mm-hmm. easy access to some great waterways. If it's inland, coastal, uh, the, the opportunities are there. We have a survive outside snowmobile program, which is which is also great. Again, focusing on those same things, and then just some applications for that that activity. Mm. Uh, and then our snow safety education program, we've divvied that up into two sections because there are two sections in the program. There's a section for being on a ski area, a ski resort within the controlled recreation area. So we talk about safety within the boundaries 
Then we also have a section that's just our snow safety um, education backcountry, which is everything outside of that controlled rec area. Mm. Uh, so if you choose to go in the backcountry, that's the program to, to listen to with us. It's, it's a great one. Uh, decision-making, group dynamics, basic avalanche awareness. Uh, we really steer you to Avalanche Canada. Our, our affiliates over at AVCAN are, are perfect for that. And again, what to do in that in emergency. So these are really great resources for snowshoers, micro spikers, split borders, backcountry touring. Uh, that is a great uh, program. We've delivered all these via webinar and we've got them on our um, YouTube at Adventure Smart, also at BC Sara. So there's easy access to go back and see some special events that we've done with that curriculum and also with some uh, special guests as well. No, oh, that's awesome. Uh, specifically for Vancouver Island, so that's kind of like where, where most of our audience would be coming from. Um, what are ways, are there, are there ways to partner with Adventure Smart and, and there are different opportunities within, you know, the different epicenters and things that we've got here? Because, I mean, we've got North Island, Mid, Mid Island, South Island. Uh, what kind of opportunities are here on the island? We love to have more educators that want to join us as a volunteer. So twice a year I do an intake. We do a spring intake and a fall intake. Uh, and that's for volunteer outdoor educators that, that want to be recognized with us and then share those programs that we just talked about in mm. their communities as a volunteer. So we've got 3,000 volunteers in BC who are responders. And in BC, we also have over 500 who are outdoor educators that we've trained here from BC Adventure Smart. Some of them are SAR volunteers. Some of them are teachers, tourism representatives, outdoor guides, enthusiasts, social media ambassadors, yeah. Uh, and, and so girl guides, scouts, beavers, and so they can then deliver our curriculum in their community at their leisure, or I send mm. them a request that might come my way as well for the region they're in. So that's one way to be a part of what we do. But any organization, like I had a paddling group call me today from Squamish, actually, uh, and they offer some paddling, guided paddling up uh, in and around the corridor. And they wanted to do just that. How do we partner with uh, BC Adventure Smart? And we had a great mm. chat about how that could happen. It could be links added to the website. It can be social media campaigns, giveaways. Uh, become a volunteer outdoor educator with us and just include that consistent messaging that, again, we'll go back to your kids that got the program that they receive. Then maybe they take a paddling course in Squamish one day and they'll be mm. reminded of that. So that language is there. It's consistent. They're stamped again. So BC Adventure Smart is on, hopefully, as many outdoor enthusiasts' journey as possible, face-to-face, -face, literal, online. Uh, so anyone on the island could be a volunteer with us if they choose to. They don't have to be a SAR volunteer to do that. Uh, or if there's businesses, outdoor businesses um, that are um, looking to partner up, they can definitely get in touch with me and we'll see how that can happen. You know, that can be big ones like this Mountain Equipment Company or Cabela's or Canadian Tire. It can, be, it can be small mom and pop shops too because as we all travel again post-COVID, we're going to go to those big wigs as well as we're going to go to the small wigs and we're going uh. to get some gear here. We're maybe pick up an Airbnb visit over here. We might see some brochures at the front desk. We might check out that tourism destination marketing organization might have some information and they're going to start to see Adventure Smart in a few places, which is exactly what we're hoping for. Oh, that's amazing. And again, just creating that language, creating that opportunity for uh, standardization sounds too sterile, but it, but it helps, right? It helps. It helps give that common, common language maybe is a better way of saying it, of 
this is this is something that we're doing collectively. It's not just you know a, a top down organization saying this is the way adventure should happen. It's it's a community driven thing. It's something that's you know the research and the data and and you've alluded to that too. Like there's so much that goes into how these are all designed, right? And and how these programs can be something that's not just not just utilized, but kind of I almost want to say owned by the community in that way, right? Yeah, that's well said, actually. Um, and I think what we've just done recently will really kind of solidify that uh, with what you just talked about. We we also um, uh, work with those partners so that they can be ambassadors. And, mm. and the ambassadorship program, um, Coles Notes version, you know, we, we work with affiliates. They become um, educators of our message, ambassadors, if you will. That was those were early ideas back in mm. 18, 18 years ago. Those were I still keep in touch with the, some of the founding members of BC Adventure Smart, and you know they've reminded me, and I've reminded them. I'm like, look what we're doing now. This is exactly what you spoke of in 2004 and in 2005 cool, was that ambassadorship ambassadorship program, and here we are in 2022, training the likes of BC Parks Rangers, summer staff, Discover Ambassadors with BC Parks and BC Parks Foundation. Uh, Metro Vancouver uh, and organizations like that that want to be adventure smart representatives in mm. their parks in their system so if that's not an ambassadorship program I'm not sure what is you know that's <laughs> that's that's just ideal they're there mm. sharing our message and wanting to share our message and wanting to be trained as educators with what we've created you know, and over the years, um, I've been so fortunate to work with staff and volunteers. You know, every year uh, up until of late, I've had staff every winter and every summer, and we would kind of coordinate where they would go throughout the province based on search and rescue call volume, population and outdoor trends, following data-driven insights, where should they go. Examples would be last winter, I had staff in Revelstoke because we know based on data uh, through search and rescue incident summaries that most of the call volume happens in the East Kootenays in the winter for snowmobilers. Oh, sure. So many spaces to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a popular spot if you're coming from Alberta or if you're in the East Kootenays already or in the interior. That's where most of the calls come in the winter. So our team went there Mm. to educate snowmobilers. Summertime, we know based on that data that the highest user group that asks for search and rescue are hikers in the southwest of B.C., so staff would be down here on the South Coast where I'm situated tonight. And and so we're able to do that and really work with all of these people. So I've been fortunate to work with over 60 staff over the 18 years as they would come and go throughout the seasons, mm. hire new ones, some would return. Um, and now as we kind of evolve and transition into sort of an ambassadorship program, much more of an online presence. Uh, we can see some growth heading off in new directions as well, including with that content like our trail-specific safety videos. That's fantastic. Oh, that's so great. Oh, I I think that that's, again, a a testament to what the community can do when it all bands together and wants to create something that's going to be a resource for everybody. No, that's really fantastic. I can't thank you enough, Sandra. I know you, you must be so incredibly busy, and especially going into this next next season of another adventure season, which I'm, I'm sure it kind of feels like jumping off of a cliff into uh, maybe some water at the bottom some days. I'm sure it can, <laughs> I can only imagine what it must feel like going into it. But, you know, continuing to make these resources and, and opportunities for people, I, I just really hope all the best for this, you know, this next campaign for these amazing resources that you've all put together. Just, yeah absolutely fantastic so thank you so much for everything you're putting together 
Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm fortunate. I have a job that I love, and it's great. Mm. I have some great people I get to work with. We're really fortunate to have this backing from the British Columbia Search and Rescue Association through Emergency Management BC. Um, Our SAR volunteers, all 3,000 of them, about 2,500 are full-time members, 500 are members in training. Incredible, incredible highly skilled, highly trained, unpaid professionals. Mm. And and uh, just as a friendly reminder, if anybody ever needs search and rescue education, BC Adventure Smart is here for you. This is what we were created for, to help you have a safer adventure out there, no matter what the activity. But don't forget that if you get in trouble, if you get lost, you get hurt, um, you, you lose your way, you get disoriented, 911 is the number to phone. You won't be charged for search and rescue. There is no charge to you as a subject for search and rescue. Uh, and that's how you contact search and rescue is through 911. So easy to remember. Just call 911 <laughs> after uh, if you need help. Oh, absolutely fantastic. And and again, one of those things that you don't want to you know get let get it in the way. And I think that that's amazing that those barriers are not here. I mean, we're so incredibly fortunate, especially here in Canada, to have those kind of resources at our disposal that are such a privilege. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Sandra. I really appreciate you coming on the show and all the best with this upcoming season. And, uh, and I hope all the best for Adventure Smart as they continue to grow. My pleasure. Thanks, Ben, for, ha- ben for having me on. Take care. Thanks so much for listening this week into the Wild Islander podcast with Sandra Riches of BC Adventure Smart. If you'd like to check out any of the resources that we talked about in this episode, make sure to follow them online at BC Adventure Smart. You can also follow them on their website. Go to adventuresmart.ca where they have resources for some of the high volume call places that we talked about where you can learn about the location, learn the resources that are there and form trip plans and use their incredibly handy app. Go and check them out and go and follow their story. And thanks so much for listening in. We only have one more episode left, folks. This is nearly the end of season two. So we'll join us next week for our finale. We'll see you then.